you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Man, we got a great show planned tonight. Yes. Yes, it's good to be here. Oh, my God. You never want to miss a Friday show. Super excited tonight. Tyler Dunn is here. Yes. Go long. Go long, TD. Man, he's an outstanding writer. Uh, if you don't know Tyler Dunn, he was the one that did the Mike McCarthy masseuse piece. Remember that? Remember that Bible of a story? Yeah, a couple of years ago, he does his own thing now, and he's got a book coming out called Blood and Guts. Yes, the heart and soul of football. We're talking about the tight end. He also covers the Bills. He used to cover the Packers, so we're going to cover Tyler. He's going to join us at 530. Let's talk about some of the things that have happened this week. First and foremost, got to talk about our boy, Russell Wilson. Uh, the Broncos star quarterback was in the news again this week because according to reports from him, uh, Wilson spent most of his team's flight to London working out in the aisle, uh, including stretching and high knees. I, that's not, why are we laughing? That's not the joke. It's funny, but it's, it's not the joke. I can, however, only imagine how annoying this was to his teammates who are on the plane. This is an airplane, by the way. I get annoyed when people try too hard at the gym and do stuff like this, which is... I mean, that's what the gym is for. They're not, they're not at the gym. They're on, a, they're on an airplane. In entertainment news this week, Matthew Perry uh, took some flack for some comments from his new memoir called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Now, the former Friends star described his frustration with the death of his most talented friends back in the day, writing in his book, quote, Why is the... Why... I can't read this with a straight face. Why is it that original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die, but Keanu Reeves still walks among us? Man, that is that is dark. That is depressing. But to be fair to Matthew Perry, I think the same thing every Sunday when I watch the Packers. I think, why does Mari Rogers still walk among us as a pun return? I don't get it. Justice for Trevor Davis. Justice for her. Keith Ledger. And lastly, Elon Musk took over Twitter yesterday after purchasing the social media company for $44. I'm kidding. $44 billion. Musk did put out a statement yesterday putting everyone else at ease, announcing that he would make no changes to the platform other than one thing that he found very important, which was limiting the number of tweets that Peter Bukowski could send every day. That was his one sticky point. We got a great show! You know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, you gotta, gotta start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Got a tweet here from RJ, who you hear on the morning show over the line on our Madison affiliate, The Zone. And he says, so at Wisco Grant, can we do the late night monologue intro all the time? Classic. Well, who wants to tell him? (laughs) Who wants to tell our Madison listener, RJ? Uh, We do it every Friday, which, of course, RJ probably doesn't know because on Fridays, Madison has their own show. Never miss a Friday show, RJ. We're turning this into one of the mantras of this program. Never miss a Friday show. And that is one of the many reasons why we mix things up. We have a little more fun. I'm actually really amped to have Tyler Dunn on. We're going to get him at 530. I cannot think of a more perfect 
confluence of events to talk to Tyler Dunn, okay? And I'm going to list them all right now. He lives in upstate New York and covers the Bills. He has the Isaiah McKenzie show every week. He's plugged in with that team. The Packers are playing the Bills on Sunday, okay? Tyler also, once upon a time, covered the Packers. He's on the Packers beat, and we're going to talk to him Packers-Bills. Okay, so perfectly, two teams that are in his wheelhouse. Tyler also, just this week, started selling his new book, which is called The Blood and Guts. He talked to Tony Gonzalez and Ditka and Gronk and all the great tight ends over the course of NFL history. It's all about the tight end, which is the soul of the sport. So we can talk to him about his new book. And I think Tyler is a pretty big Gordon Lightfoot guy. Big Jim Croce guy, as we discussed last time he was on. He's a big Gordon Lightfoot guy, and it is Gordon Lightfoot season. SZN is the Gales of November getting ready to ramp up here when the calendar switches over in a couple days. So I'm amped to talk to Tyler Dunn. That's coming up at 5.30. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you're having an outstanding Friday. I hope you're just killing it. Looking forward to a great weekend. The weather's going to be beautiful. The Bucks play tonight and tomorrow night. And normally I complain about back-to-backs, but the Bucks are so much fun right now, and I love watching them. Give me all the games. They can play three nights in a row, four nights in a row, three out of five. I think the stat that I saw was seven of 11 days or six of 11 days. Uh, over uh, the next week or so, they're going to be playing that many games. So we have a lot of Bucks games, and I'm amped tonight. They got the Knicks, and then tomorrow night, they got the Hawks, both of those games at Pfizer Forum. So looking forward to that. The Badgers are off this weekend, and then the Packers play Sunday night football against the Bills, which is kind of a terrifying game. I feel like we're in a little bit of danger. Aaron Rodgers has some confidence. I also think it's really funny that earlier this week on McAfee, he said this might be the best thing for us. Or no, he said this in his postgame presser, I think on Sunday after the Commanders game where he said this might be the best thing for us, a chance to get exposed. And I'm like, uh, who wants to tell him? (laughs) Who wants to tell him that this team was exposed first by the Giants in London, then by the Jets at home, then to the command. My brother in Christ, you've been exposed. We're past the point of exposed. We're we're to the point of embarrassment. So let's talk about that. Let's avoid embarrassment on Sunday Night Football. We're going to do a lot of Bills Packers previewing. Uh, talk to Tyler Dunn. A lot of fun stuff to come on the show. 608-796-2558 if you want to call and text. And you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I want to start with last night, Thursday Night Football. I'm just going to come out and say it. The NFL sucks right now. I don't mean to sound whiny or complainy. I'm watching all the games. So I guess I, I can't complain, but I am going to complain because football stinks right now. NFL football is not low-key. It's high-key terrible. I was texting with a buddy last night who loves football. He listens to the show from time to time. Diehard sports fan, loves fantasy, loves the NFL all over it, right? I was texting with him last night, and he's like, yeah, I've been skipping Thursday night football a little bit. And I don't think it's because it's on Amazon Prime. I don't care. We, we all have Amazon Prime. It's just sucked. And it's not just Thursday night football that sucked. Sunday night, Monday night, Sunday afternoon. A lot of these games have just sucked. Last night was the best Thursday night football matchup we've had in weeks. Compare Lamar Jackson to Tom Brady to Saints Cardinals like we had last week. That's a mid-off, if ever there was one. Washington and Chicago a couple of weeks ago. That sucked. Indy Denver, that was garbage. Miami Cincinnati, which might have been good, but Tua had a... I don't I don't even want to speak lightly of it, but he like it looked like he left the earth. He was down on the ground, concussed. His body was locked up. So that was a terrible experience for everyone involved. And I don't mean to sound selfish as a viewer like it ruined my night. I was scared for Tua. So last night's matchup, we had Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. And by halftime, I was falling asleep. 
I'm thinking of the last couple of NFL seasons and how I consumed football the last couple of years. And I think we all go crazy for football. We all love football. It's the NFL. It's the perfect TV product. It's only on on Sundays. It's the best time of year. I was thinking two years ago, 2020. So the deep, dark depths of the pandy. All right, here is my game day routine. And maybe this was influenced by the pandemic, but I'd wake up every Sunday and get in my car and I'd drive to West Salem about a half hour away. And I'd go to Linda's Bakery. And if you live around here and you've been to Linda's, oh, and I'm not trying to give out free pub. You know, Linda's could advertise on the show, but man, I'd get a box of cinnamon rolls. I'd get a box of caramel rolls. I'd bring them home, set them up on the island. At this point, my roommates are awake. The living room has been arranged. The TVs have been plugged in and set up. We have multiple TVs going. It's about 11 o'clock. Now we sit down and we consume all of Terry, Howie, Michael, and Jimmy and the Fox pregame show. And we're discussing who should we start? Who should we sit? If there's any betting involved, we got to discuss that. It's like a business meeting. Now we have three TVs, one exclusively for Red Zone, one for CBS, one for Fox. Now we have a laptop that's a rover for fantasy football specific moments. Ooh, the Chargers are in the Red Zone against the Raiders in a game that's no no one is watching. Pull that up on the laptop, right? We're all about it. And then last year, the 2021 season, I got really into taco dip. And I feel like that drove most of what I did on Sundays was go buy taco dip in the morning. Graze on that big plate of taco dip all Sunday long. My roommate and I, we had a huge living room, right? Hundred year old house. It was built by General Custer. Civil War. (laughs) Three TVs. Again, one for Fox, one for CBS, Paramount Plus. Yeah, I stepped up and got a subscription. One for Red Zone. Double recliners. Do not call me. We're watching football. The only break we would take, the only move we would make all day long is to take a quick walk around the block at 615 for a little fresh air. Come back in time because there's that perfect window in between the, the end of the 330 game and the start of football night in America. Perfect. Go get some fresh air. Come back right down in the recliner. This year, I watched the Packers, sometimes begrudgingly, and I watched Sunday Night Football. Because that's what we do as Americans. Maybe there's one other game throughout the day. Maybe. But there hasn't been the last two weeks. This is the exercise that I keep going back to. Looking at the Sunday slate. I'm looking at the upcoming Sunday slate. You tell me. Which one of these games are must watch? Which one of these games do I have to catch? Okay. Early in the morning, Denver at Jacksonville. Mm. I mean, if you're like me and you want to cheer against Russell Wilson, sure. Otherwise, that game stinks. Carolina at Atlanta. Pass. Chicago at Dallas. Pass. Miami at Detroit. Pass. Arizona at Minnesota. Pass. Vegas at New Orleans. Mm -mm. New England at Jets. Uh, Sure. Pittsburgh at Philly. No. Tennessee at Houston. Disgusting. Don't put that on TV. San Francisco at LA was supposed to be good. That game will probably stink. New York at Seattle. Both of those teams, I guess, are good, but I don't think they're good. I just think they're winning, so I don't need to watch. And then chances are Green Bay is going to get absolutely boat raced by Buffalo on Sunday night, and that's not even going to be a game. Find the game on Sunday that I'm supposed to rush to my TV to watch. This game, this season, this year, this hasn't been it. It's disappointing. Luckily, the NBA has started and the Bucks are awesome. And now we get to talk about Jim Leonard and there's some good Big Ten college games this weekend. But man, the NFL is mid right now. I do want to talk a little bit more specifically about last night's game, specifically Tom Brady. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift to this, as Colin Cowherd would say. I'm happy for the Ravens. Because the Ravens are a smart team. They're well-constructed. They're well-coached. And they've gotten unlucky a lot in the last two years with injuries and just with bounce-the-ball type stuff. 
I'm happy when I see the Ravens win. I think they do a lot of smart things. So I feel for them when they lose. I think a team like the Packers, sometimes they do a lot of dumb things and they've gotten away with it over the last couple of years. When the Packers lose, I don't really feel bad for them. I feel bad for the Ravens when they lose because that's a well-run franchise, right? So I was happy to see him win last night. A lot of people are dancing on the corpse of Tom Brady. Now, first he got divorced and that was, I guess, finalized and announced publicly today, but we all knew that was coming. But everyone's dancing on his actual football corpse because for the first time in his 23-year career, he's two games below 500. It's never happened before. Brady is old, yes. And he's looked old this year. And I'm no Tom Brady diehard fan here. But even I'll admit, I've watched him at times this year and thought, man, he can still sling the pill. He can still fit the ball in a tight window when he needs to. Now, maybe the deep ball isn't there, but Rodgers' deep ball isn't there. Matt Ryan's deep ball, Russell Wilson's deep ball. A lot of these older quarterbacks are losing their deep ball relative to how it looked, you know, three, four years ago, or even two years ago in the case of Ross or Rodgers. Yeah, Brady's old, but to me, it still looks like he can sling it. He can still get the ball where it needs to go. The problem is they can't run the ball, so Brady has to do it all. The wide receivers have had injuries, and then the defense has been a sieve, and they they somehow lost to the Panthers on Sunday. I still don't understand how that happened. Last night makes a little bit more sense to me. A lot of people are dancing on the corpse of one Tom Brady. I think Brady is experiencing right now what every other NFL quarterback has experienced for years. I think Tom Brady is just going through the natural ebbs and flows of football. One year you get lucky with injuries. The next year you get unlucky. Right? That's how it goes. One year you get lucky with drops. Now all of a sudden Mike Evans is dropping touchdowns. When has that ever happened before? Eh, That's noise. That's luck. That's the bounce of a ball. I think Tom Brady and the Buccaneers right now are going through the natural ebbs and flows of being an NFL team, of being an NFL quarterback. The thing is, though, Tom Brady has been resistant to the ebbs and flows of how normal teams operate and normal quarterbacks operate because New England was so good for years. And on the years where they weren't as elite, Tom Brady was so good he could overcome it. But now he's not that good anymore. And now he's not in New England anymore. And he's experiencing the natural ebbs and flows, just the way of life of what it's like to be an NFL quarterback and to lead an NFL team. I thought today of a a very specific scene from Everybody Loves Raymond. There's an episode where Raymond somehow, I don't know if he's having a midlife crisis or what, but he's afraid of dying. And he starts planning his funeral and it gets really morbid and worried about things that he's going to do before he dies. It's very bizarre. And Frank, who's the father in the show, if you've never seen it, Peter Boyle or Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle, Peter Boyle, which one is the backup to Rogers? Tim Boyle is the backup. Peter Boyle is the actor. He goes on this bizarre rant about the meaning of life. It's a little existential and he never gets exited. Frank never gets existential in the show. So I went and pulled the audio. This is what I thought of when thinking of what's going on with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers right you now. You know what I always wanted to do, Ray? Sing like Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. That's right. But well, look at me. Am I Tony Bennett? No. You see, you do a thing and that's what you are. One guy lives in Brooklyn. One guy lives in Sutton Place. Another guy's a lawyer. One guy's a doctor. Another guy dies. Another guy gets well. People are born. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) This is what I thought of today. So the offensive line shuffled in the offseason. Ali Marpet retired. Ryan Jensen got hurt. Donovan Smith got a bum elbow. Tristan Wirfs has also been unbelievable. One guy dies. Another one gets better. It's life. It's football. 
wide receiver. Mike Evans has been very, very good, but he's also made some uncharacteristic mistakes this year. Chris Godwin has been hurt. He's missed time. The defense has been good, but at times not good enough. Now Shaq Barrett's injured. He's been out for nine months. These are all normal ups and downs of an NFL team. Brady has been very lucky to not experience some of these things because New England was very immune to some of these things. And when New England had a chink in the armor, when they had a weakness, Brady has been so great he's been able to overcome it. He's not great anymore. The Bucks falling to three and five, in my opinion, is not a huge indictment on anyone or anything. It's just football. Man is born. A man dies. One man is a doctor. One man is a lawyer. One football team has some good luck. One team has some bad luck. It's the way it is. I don't think this is some dark mark on the Buccaneers or on Brady. This is natural. This is life. But Tom Brady has been immune to life for so long, and that's why we're all taken aback by the Buccaneers being 3-5 and five, and Tom Brady being two games under five hundred for the first time in his 23-year Hall of Fame career. Let's take a break. Come back. I want to talk about the Packers and the state of the NFL and why maybe, just maybe, maybe a little bit, I have a little Packers positivity. That's coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. One guy lives in Brooklyn. One guy lives in Sutton Place. Another guy's a lawyer. One guy's a doctor. Another guy dies. Another guy gets well. People are born. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that is uh, the wise Frank Barone. Everybody loves Raymond. Top five sitcom all time? Top eight, Mount Rushmore, starting five of all-time sitcoms. Is it on there? Everybody loves Raymond. Could be a good power forward. Tim Boyle, or Peter Boyle. You call him Tim Boyle. Peter Boyle, playing Frank Barone. Giving a good uh, message there about the meaning of life. There's ups, there's downs, there's goods, there's bads. That's what's going on with the Bucks right now. Yeah, Brady's old, but Brady can still make some really good throws. His team's getting unlucky this year. They got injuries, and the vibes stink, and a couple of guys retired and left in free agency, and that's how football works. But it's never worked that way for Tom Brady before this year, so we're all shocked. Two games under 500 for the first time in his career. That's pretty insane. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. The NFL stinks right now. I- I've been dancing around that for the last two weeks. It's just not, it's not doing it for me. It's not hitting different. And Alex texts in and makes a point that I considered, but I don't think I agree with. He says, I think the Packers being bad is making you less interested in football. There have been some good games this year. I don't think that's it. I did think about that today, and I wrestled. It's like, all right, Grant, check yourself. Are you being this way because your team isn't good? I don't think that's it. I, I don't think any of these teams are good. The Niners are under 500. Tom Brady and the Bucks are under 500. Yeah, the Eagles are good, but I'm not really sure I, I'm not really sure I believe in them. I'm not jumping into the pool with both feet on the Eagles yet. The Rams stink. The Seahawks are winning, but they're Geno Smith. Like, a lot of these teams are hollow teams. The Giants, the Seahawks, they're not actually legit. And the AFC, other than the Bills and the Chiefs, are all the same. So I don't think it's just that the Packers are bad. I'm dying for any games with intrigue and interest, and I just can't find them. 608-796-2558. Vagabond John is here. Vagabond John, what's up? Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. Uh, quick note to all my friends listening in Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in two weeks, we get to vote on Tuesday. And when you see the flex lane on the belt line, not operating <laughs> at 
twenty in the afternoon on a Friday rush hour. <laughs> you know, think about those city council members will be voting for in a couple weeks. That's the reason. That's that's the real reason we should get out and vote. I know Ben Kenny would be on with me. He's always tweeting about traffic and Madison, but. We are. Uh, I got my blood boiling. We're, we're a civic engagement show. I'm all about that, preaching to get out the vote, yeah. and not just for your state senator and your governor, but those elected local officials that, as you have pointed out, vagabond John, have such a direct impact on your day to day life. Yeah, I'm. I'm six minutes later for my happy hour because <laughs> I had to slow down a couple times. <laughs> you poor Man, traffic is terrible. <laughs> I feel so bad. Um, oh my god. You know, the point I wanted to make is uh, I'm not a religious guy, and I actually don't even know if this story is from the Bible, so I might be going way out, way on a limb here. But David versus David never made the, the headlines, right? I mean, it's always mm. David versus Goliath that we really care about. Yeah. And the problem this year is we only have two Goliaths in the NFL with Josh Allen and the Bills and Kansas City uh, and Mahomes. And your point about the Eagles, I totally agree with. Uh, they, you know, they could be fraud. They could also be legit. Uh, we're just not quite sure yet on them. But listen, everybody complains about parody until they get it, right? Oh, mm-hmm. it's so boring to watch Alabama and Clemson every year. But then Washington's in the playoff for college football and nobody cares, right? Oh, yeah. man, it's so boring to have the Packers and the, and the Cowboys and what – insert X historically good football program be in the playoffs every year. But we find it really hard now to turn around and root for the New York Jets to keep winning, right? Yeah. I just think parity this year is really high. If you look at the playoff turnover, and obviously we're less than halfway through the season, so it could change drastically. But if you look at the playoff picture last year compared to this year currently, the parody is insane in terms of the number of – look at where the Bengals are, you know. Uh, the Colts are a team that we all felt – you're not buying it. You don't like this one. Well, no, no, no. I, I am buying it. I'm, I'm not – I don't know. I don't know if it's parody. I just think it's a bunch of teams are underachieving, right? Like the Niners are under 500. The Bucks stink. The Packers stink. And maybe the Packers and the Bucks have taken steps back and they're, they're challenged this year more than the last couple of years. But neither one of those teams should be below 500. I just think there's so many teams that are underachieving. And as a result, you now have the Giants and the Jets who are picking up extra wins that, to me, don't really mean anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, you, you don't think they're necessarily that much better. You don't think no. teams are getting better. You no. think it's more about teams getting worse. And then, you know, the other aspect is I think if you invested a little bit more of your Saturdays <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm in away. college football, yeah. Yeah. If you invested a little bit more, the long-term return on investment means you're going to care a little bit more when you see Brees Hall play. You're going to care a little bit more when George Pickens makes an awesome play. Or you're going to notice names. And I have noticed that with my friends. My friends who do not watch college football, all of a sudden, you know, when their team's out of it or when it's kind of a weird year, they lose interest. When I'm over here just hyped to see – uh, you know, if uh, T.J. Edwards for the Eagles can continue to play at a Pro Bowl level yeah. because, you know, I enjoyed watching him in college and it's fun to kind of follow. I feel the same way about the NBA. Yeah, I agree with you on, on both fronts. I am investing a little bit more time into college football, just a little bit, and I'm actually weirdly very interested with the Badgers. If they were playing this season out with Paul Christ and the record looked like this, 
then I think I'd be less interested. But the fact that they're actually doing something and making a play and and trying to get better or at least get different makes me a little bit more interested in what would I think otherwise be a boring season if Paul Chris was still in charge. And the Big Ten's got some great games this week. Like, for whatever reason, I think Michigan State, which is not a good team, is weirdly going to give us an interesting game on Saturday night versus Michigan. Yeah, and uh, you have Big Game Boomer on Twitter. Uh, I'm not affiliated, <laughs> so this is a, a shameless plug. But he, he, they've got a pretty fun account to follow. And they've just straight up picked Michigan State over Michigan. So that's got, you know, of course, all the Michigan fans. And I know there's quite a few that listen in around Wisconsin that are oh, that rep Amazing Blue. But, hey, Grant, on Wednesday you said you had a Badger-related question for me. Do you remember what it was? Oh, no. No, I don't. It's fine if you don't. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm pulling, was, up, I, I'm pulling I, up here to the Muscle and Lounge for my happy hour. So, I forgot. You know. I forgot that they. Uh, I forgot that they were on bye this weekend. So maybe my question for you was, who did they play on Saturday? <laughs> maybe that's what it was. No, I don't remember, which bums me out. But if I think of it, I'll tweet you. Perfect. I think uh, you know, for the Badger fans listening, you should still be invested in a bowl game. Uh, yeah. It's likely going to be somewhere warm. You can travel and. The university gets like a minimum of like you know two million extra dollars just straight up cash payout, which will help with the eleven million dollars that you have to pay to fire a guy. So yeah, yeah, and it's good for the kids. Point. It's good for the kids. Hey, have an awesome weekend. Enjoy happy hour, vagabond John. Later, our guy vagabond John. Appreciate the call and a great message on civic engagement. By the way, get out and vote in two weeks, and not just for the big fancy dancy politicians that have commercials on TV and radio, but. The everyman, the city councilor, the school board. I don't know who else is up for election, but, you know, I had a civics professor in uh, high school, or I guess a teacher, a civics teacher in high school, who was also one of my coaches, who was always like, why do people care so much about presidential election? Focus on school board. Focus on city council. That's affecting your day-to-day life. And as I've gotten older, I said, the teacher was right. Darn if he wasn't right. And here is Vagabond John saying, why is the lane not open? Why am I six minutes late for happy hour? Thank you for the message, Vagabond John. Very important to get out and vote. Absolutely. Let's keep talking about this lull in the NFL and why I actually think it gives the Packers a little bit of a lane to play much better in the second half and still have a a passable season where right now we're definitely not trending in the right direction. I think that might change, and I have some precedent to explain why. That's coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, happy Friday. Glad you're here. My name is Grant Bills. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show if you'd like. 608-796-2558. Eric on I-90 says, you'll watch the Vikings because you know there's a chance that you can catch them. I'll always watch the divisional opponents, right? If the Packers aren't on, my next move is, are the Vikings playing? Are the Bears playing? Lions a little bit, but probably not on the same level as the Vikings and the Bears. Because we talk about the Vikings and the Bears on the show. We coexist with Vikings and Bears fans. It's not very often where I bump into a Lions fan. We don't have a lot of Lions callers to the show. So I'll always focus on the Vikings, but they were on bye last weekend. And also, I just forget that the Vikings are 5-1. and one. I'm not saying that it's not a legit 5-1. and one. It is. I just, I don't know. That 5-1 and one does not strike fear into me. Same way that the Eagles 
for whatever reason, at 6-0 and or 7-0, and no, 6-0 because they were on bye this week, they don't strike fear into me either. And it's just a, it's a personality thing. I watch Sirianni at the podium. I'm like, hmm, I just get big Matt LaFleur vibes from that. And I watch the Eagles. They'll score 24 and a quarter, no problem. And then their offense will shut off completely, which doesn't matter when you're playing the Vikings. Sorry, Vikings fans. I respect your team, but only so much. Doesn't matter when you're playing the Vikings or the Giants or the Cowboys. But if you're playing the Niners, who are at full strength and playing well, or if you're playing the Bills or Chiefs, and now I've run out of teams because there aren't really many of that elite teams in the NFL, right? When you're playing good teams, it matters. And that's what we've seen with Matt LaFleur and the Packers. It's great to hang 21 and a quarter and then get shut out for the next two quarters if you're playing Kirk Cousins. But when you play the Niners or Tom Brady, it doesn't always work out as well. So I'm with you, Eric. I'll always watch the Vikings, but... I mean, the Vikings haven't blown me away with an amazing game yet. The NFL's just kind of mid. It just kind of stinks right now. And I don't mean to be whiny. I'm just speaking truth. I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. It's really easy to bury the Packers right now at three and four. DraftKings has them at plus 125 to make the playoffs, which means you're getting odds. You're making money, right? If I bet $1, I'm going to make a buck 25 back, right? I'm getting some juice to bet that money on the Packers to make the playoffs. If you're not a big better, I'm not a big better either, but plus 125 to make the playoffs. The Packers are not normally plus money to make the playoffs. I also think there's a really good chance that in a month, the league looks way different than it is right now, right? And maybe the Packers will be part of that. Maybe the Packers will look way different in a month, or maybe they'll look the same, or maybe they'll look worse. But I am very certain that a month from now, we're going to look at a couple of teams and think, oh, we were wrong on that team. We thought we had that team figured out. We didn't. We thought that team was great. They're not. We thought that team stunk. They don't. We thought that team was middle of the pack. We were right. That's probably the most likely outcome with the Packers, and that's why they're plus money to make the playoffs at three and four through seven weeks, right, especially going into Buffalo. Remember when the Cardinals looked unstoppable last year? They're just a bus through seven games. And then the Packers played them on Thursday night, and they never looked the same, ever. For the rest of the season, they were tainted. They looked like a completely different team. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen to the Eagles, right, but... History shows us every year you look back, there's always a team through four, five, six, seven games that looks great or looks terrible, and then the narrative completely switches. It's amazing. The NFL season is, it's it feels short, but it's quite long. We're seven games in, and fast forward a month from now at Thanksgiving, we're going to be amazed at the things we thought we knew at this point right now that we didn't know. Or we thought one thing and we were way wrong, Right how the NFL works. That's how all sports leagues work, but especially the NFL where things are so violent and they change week to week. They're so they're so abrupt, right? In the, in the NBA, things move slowly, like a big barge in the water, right? A team might be trending in the wrong direction, but it's going to take a while, slowly but surely lift, listing and lifting this way, down, down, down in the standings. The NFL, it can happen quick, right? Quick, quick, quick. Baseball, uh, a team like the Brewers were slowly bleeding out over the entire course of the second half of the year. In basketball, there's a slow bleed out. You go, boom, you fall off a cliff like the, like the Cardinals did last year, right? Slightly waiting for the other shoe to drop on Philly. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on the Vikings. I think a lot of Vikings fans are too, but we'll see. I don't know what the NFC is going to look like, but I know there's going to be a team that surprises us in a month. I'm thinking it's probably the Niners who are under 500 right now. I'm having a hard time believing that it would be the Packers or the Bucks based on what we've seen so far. But then again... Do you really think Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are both going to stay under 500 and just have a miserable, terrible, no good, very bad year? I don't. I feel like one of these teams is going to get it going. 
The Buccaneers are more talented. The Packers, I'm not going to say they're uber-talented and have all the best players at all the right positions, but they're better than this. Now, unfortunately, their schedule is laid out in such a way where even if they start playing better this weekend, it's still almost impossible for them to get a win. And then they go to Detroit in two weeks, and that's going to be a tough game too, which is why this last month was so important, which is why losing three of four, almost losing four of four, including the Bailey Zappi game, that's why that was so crummy. That's why you couldn't do that, and the Packers did. In the next month, the NFC is going to show us something. Remember, the Niners were 2-4 and four to start last season, and then they came within a, a dropped interception from going to the Super Bowl, mostly because the Packers, you know, laid an absolute dump in their pants at Lambeau and stepped all over their you-know-what. But the Niners started 2-4 and four last year, went on to make the Super Bowl. Why couldn't the Packers do that? Seems wild, I know. The vibes around the Packers are so poor, and it seems like there's no way that could happen. But it's happened before. Right? It just takes one game. It just takes one moment. It just takes one rallying cry. And I'm not banging the drum for the Packers. This is not the Packers will turn it around. I'm saying we've seen weirder things. One of these teams is going to turn it around because there's no way the playoffs are going to be the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings. Like, there's going to be teams that we're not currently thinking about that, that put themselves in a position to play better, to win more games, and to be positioned better. I have to throw the possibility out there with the Packers turning it around because no other Packers talker will. Packers fandom is in shambles right now. It's terrible. Peter Bukowski wants Rodgers benched and flogged in the town square. John Kuhn is going for Peter Bukowski's head and calling out journalists to reveal their sources, which is a terrible look, as is Peter's tweets. Our friend Bart Winkler was publicly attacking all of Milwaukee Talk Radio yesterday, which I found funny, but a sign that nobody's doing well. Old Packers fans were screaming about the 70s and the 80s. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. That's what Packers fans are doing right now. Mass hysteria. I'll be the one to just quietly suggest that teams turn it around after a bad month, after a bad month and a half. That's how the NFL works. I'm not saying the Packers are going to turn it around, but we see it happen every season. Some team is going to surprise us in a month. And I'd probably bet on it being the team with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers at quarterback just because that's common sense. It's how football works. Let's talk to Daryl real quick. 608 Seven nine six two five five eight. Daryl, what's up? What's going on? Well, Daryl, don't agree with you on this one. It won't oh. be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, it won't be Aaron Rodgers. Here's why. Okay. Number one, number one reason that this team has gone into the tank as far as it goes mm-hmm. is number one thing is they have you have eleven rookies on your roster, mm-hmm. eleven guys who have to somehow this season grow to become second year players. This isn't going to happen this season, guys. This season is tanked. This season is going downhill and in a handbasket. Well, with that I, I not, and, I, and this is this is the eye test. Okay. This is the eye test. Is when when players still don't know what they're doing after five weeks. Well, and it's not just the young guys, Daryl. Like Sammy Watkins, who's a veteran, can't even get lined up correctly. Exactly. The oh. whole point is this whole the whole team, the whole team, and it's led by the leader, the leader of this team. Unfortunately, whose mind is elsewhere, and I have to, you know, his mind is elsewhere. And I think he's, to be honest with you, he got his fifty million dollars per season. He got to be the big guy as far as it goes. He, he a couple of years ago, he got to be great as far as it goes. And he thought. This is what I, the direction I was hoping we'd go, but he got he got flustered over a couple of things along the way, 
And now this season, losing guy like uh, Devontae Adams was inevitable. Yeah. But losing losing Valdez Scanlon, who's having great season in Kansas City, you have to ask yourself, the general manager, was he on top of these things? Hey, you know what I we, I, I tweeted about this, Daryl? You, you know what I'm frustrated about? Thing I want to mention. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. One more thing I want to mention. This team looked look decently on paper, but paper gets shredded. Yeah. I think, the time, I, think that, I think the time has come to realize that this team is shredded. This season is basically done. We're going to play the season accordingly, and I don't think we're going to make any big impact at the trade deadline or anything like that. They don't need to. I think what we're, we're going to have to do is live with this team for one season and figure out who's decent enough to make a jump in year two of these rookies, and who isn't. And we're going to have to figure out what to do with um, with the overpaid Bakhtiari now. And I hate to say this, he's overpaid only in the sense that he can't play the game anymore. Yeah. If he could still play and his and his stuff came back a little bit, it'd be one thing. But it, that injury is much more severe than we all want to think it is. And I think we're going to pay like 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 paying for a Christian Yelich for uh, – at least a year or two, oh, you know, as far as it goes. We're paying a price for having guys who get hurt and are big, big money players, and then we can't do what we need to do to get on the next, get keep going and be on that next level. We are in that tr- uh, trouble zone as far as it goes with the Packers. Yeah, and I, I like what you said about this team looks good on paper, Daryl, but paper gets shredded, and I appreciate the call. It was nice to hear from you. Have a great weekend. I like saying, oh, team looks great getting off the bus, right? And then they actually have to play. I think this team, in theory, works. Hey, we put all our uh, resources into defense, have an elite defense, two great running backs that can run the ball. This team has always handled offensive line well. They'll figure it out. Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. He'll uplift whatever wide receivers are out there. In theory, that works very well. In practice, it has been a train wreck. And, Daryl, you mentioned Brian Gutekind's being on top of things. You know what I was thinking about while well, I made breakfast this morning and I tweeted about this at Wisco Grant? I'm still waiting on that 2020 draft class to kick in and make a difference. If they selected no players in the 2020 NFL draft, would this team be in any different of a spot right now? If you took away Josiah DeGuara, A.J. Dillon, Jordan Love, would this team be in any different spot? Would they look different? Would they score any more or fewer points? Would they prevent the other team from scoring more or fewer points? I was told that that was a draft for the future. Well, hello, it's me in the future wondering where that draft was ever supposed to make a damn bit of difference. So I'm with you, Daryl. I'm a little, little frustrated with our guy, Brian Gutekinds at the moment for a couple of reasons. That's one of them. The 2020 draft just looking worse and worse and worse. And I'm not saying it killed the team, but for as much as we talked about it and as much as it was talked about that 2020 draft, uh, not good in the future for a draft that was supposed to be based on the future and the future is now, and we're getting nothing right now. From that draft. 608 796 We'll get an update from Mike Clemens. Continue the Wisco Sports Show in a couple minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Bills. Sunday night on NBC. Kick off at 720 from Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. Built nearly 50 years ago in 1973. Yesterday, the Bills unveiled plans for a new stadium to open in three years. The Packers' Sammy Watkins was a first-round pick for the Bills and talked about when it was called Ralph Wilson Stadium. I love that stadium. I loved it, Buffalo. That was my, my dream team. I had the best time there. They win it now, making a ton of money. It's a home. crazy fun fan base. I don't think people understand how fun Buffalo is. And, you know, that college atmosphere is there. They got some of the wildest fans in the league. The Bills are 5-1 and one and coming off a bye after beating the Chiefs in Kansas City. Sean McDermott, in his sixth year as head coach, talked about facing the struggling 3-4 and four Packers. You know, you're talking about a, a team that's led by a, the current reigning MVP of the league. Right? So we start there, and, and then they've got two good running backs, some young receivers. We'll see where that goes with some of the injuries they have. You know, Sammy's there as well, who, who we have a lot of respect for, and it's a football team that has great potential that's coming in here this weekend, and, and obviously led by Aaron, who, who we have a lot of respect for as well. The Packers will need to find a way to get into the end zone and score some points to keep up with the Bills. Matt LaFleur on what he told his offense. They played primarily a vision-based defense, so there's a lot of eyes on the quarterback, and they do a great job of reading where the quarterback's going to go with the football, and, and they trigger. Aaron Rodgers will be without his top receiver, Alan Lazard, who says he heard a snap, crackle, pop in his left shoulder when he got hit against Washington. Lazard says he hopes to be back soon. You know, even last week, obviously didn't get the results that we wanted everything, but even going into that week, I was, I was still very confident in our room and our ability as an offense. And truthfully, I still feel that same way. I think we're only really less than five plays away from really changing the game and flipping the momentum and, and really just instilling that confidence in us as an offense, but even more so as our team. That's Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard from Lambeau Field. I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Thank you, Mike. Mike Clemens was on the show yesterday, and we will talk to him next Tuesday. Tuesdays, Thursdays, 530. Just mark it down. Clear your schedule. Mike brings us the latest from what he sees and what he hears when he's in Green Bay, lurking about the bowels of Lambeau Field, just trying to catch someone for an interview, just a quick chat off the record. Talked to him yesterday, and I want to play a little audio that Mike gave us yesterday. Talked to Sammy Watkins, who used to play in Buffalo, and they talked a little bit about maybe what the Packers can expect, which we know what to expect a little bit. It's a really, really good team. <laughs> and like, they're a wagon. They're a bus. But it's an uncommon opponent in an uncommon location. They haven't played in Buffalo since 2014. That's when they lost Kyle Orton. It never goes well when they play the Bills. They lost in 2014. That was the game that cost them the one seed. And then in 2018, they beat the Bills 22 to nothing at Lambeau. And somehow Aaron Rodgers found a way to drag McCarthy through the mud and the muck in his press conference, even after a 22 to nothing win. Of course. Doesn't go well when they play the Bills. But we'll hear specifically about Sammy Watkins and his experience playing in Buffalo and the sights and the sounds and everything. It's pretty cool. Let's take one call before we go to break. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. This is Jeff. How are you? I am well, Jeff. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm doing well. It's Friday. Can't, can't be doing bad on a Friday. Hell yeah. What do you think about Packers' bills? Uh... God, I feel for you guys. I'm a lifelong Viking fan, so uh, oh, boy. You know, it's kind of good to be on. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, kind of good to be on this side uh, talking about it for once rather than, uh, and you kind of sound like a Viking fan there, you know, hoping they're going to turn it around, you know, before the end of the season. But I got to say, I, I'm optimistic because usually by this point in the season as a Viking fan, 
we pretty much wrapped it up and uh, are playing for draft picks at this point. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm trying to convince myself that the Packers will turn it around. I think more so I'm reminding myself that they're three and four. Now, Packers fans are acting like they're one and ten, and the franchise is about to move out of town. Like, everyone's freaking out. They don't look good, and I'm, I'm not betting money on them to turn it around and make a Super Bowl here, but I feel like i got to remind myself, hey, there's a lot of game left, okay? And no one's really separating in the NFC. The Packers aren't done. I think i got to remind myself and remind everybody of that. There's a lot of game left, a lot of football left, but, uh, it, you know, what's going to happen if Rodgers decides to hang it up? Or where are they going to be next year? Is love going to be the answer for you guys? Well, if Rodgers hangs it up, the Packers are still going to pay him, what, 40-some million dollars next year? So it's not like they're off of the burden of Rodgers financially. He just won't be playing for them, which would hardly be right. ideal. So. Right. Not great. Who, who do you see uh, for additions coming in for the Packers and Vikings here before the trade deadline? Uh, I just, I don't know. Teams normally don't trade at the NFL trade deadline. I don't think the Packers are going to get anyone, honestly. I, I don't think they'll make it. I don't think they'll make a move. And partially, I agree with it because if the Packers are going to turn it around, they're going to have to turn it around without any outside help, right? They need to fix a lot of things that have nothing to do with the lack of wide receiver. The Vikings, hmm. Vikings could add another wide receiver. It'd be kind of fun. Maybe a corner, veteran corner. Although Cam Dantzler looks a lot better this year. What do you think? Real quick, we got about thirty seconds. Uh, I think they're best better the corner. I think yeah. they're they're pretty solid as a wide receiver. Uh, as far as the Packers go, they just don't have the cap space unless they do some serious rearranging on some some contracts to get anybody in there that's going to be any value that I can see. Yeah, I'm with you, Jeff. I'll talk more about this after the break, but I got to take a break. Have an awesome weekend, Jeff. Thanks for the call. All right. You do. Our uh, Vikings fan, Jeff. We have a Bears fan, Jeff. Now we got a Vikings fan. Yeah, I don't think the Packers are going to make a trade. And I I don't even think they should, honestly. We can talk about that on the other side. First, sports and update, Zach Heilbrunn. You know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, you got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them to This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. We were talking to Jeff before that last break, Vikings fan. Kicking around the idea of maybe his Vikings or my Packers making a trade. The Packers could trade for a wide receiver. I think the dream would be Brian Gutekinds finds a cheap rookie wide receiver at the end of his contract. They try him out, and if it's someone they want to retain long-term, fine. You can sign a contract that arranges the money in such a way where it's doable. Or if you want to let him go, let him go. What the Packers can't do is bring in a DJ Moore who's on the books for three or four more years, has a very solid amount of money in each of those years. The Packers have a lot of money tied up next year, not a lot of space. So fitting someone in this year, not that hard, especially if you could get the other team to pay out a lot of that contract. Hey, you know, this player's worth a fifth round pick, but if we give you a third or a fourth round pick, could you take care of that money for us, right? That's doable. And we see teams do that all the time. The problem then becomes if you go for a DJ Moore or a wide receiver that's under contract, fitting that player under the cap next year and the year after and the year after. 
that's where the Packers are going to run into issues. And I don't even know if it's worth it for the Packers to trade for a wide receiver. Not because I think this team is helpless. Not because I think that this team can't do it. I think they absolutely can. But they got to get their house in order. They got to fix their mistakes before they can go out and do other things. Like, remember, when I was a little kid, I would always want to reorganize my room. Like, I'm going to move the bed over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reorganize. And my mom was always like, no, you need to clean your room before you can reorganize. You don't get to hang stuff on the walls. You don't, you don't get to do any of that fun stuff until you actually clean your room. The Packers need to clean their room before they can bring in new wall decor, hang up a new tapestry behind their bed. And as I've said with Aaron Rodgers a couple of times, it's either going to happen with Aaron Rodgers this year or it's not going to happen at all. It's either going to happen with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and Romeo Dobbs and Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson, or it's not going to happen at all. That's not to say that they couldn't add a wide receiver to be part of that, to be in the mix. But just because a wide receiver gets to town, that doesn't solve all the other problems. They need to solve their problems regardless of a new wide receiver or not. They they got their own issues they got to work through. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm talking circles a little bit, but that's how I feel about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, he's got to square things away with LaFleur. He's got to square things away with his receivers. Offensive line got to figure it out. And if that happens, sure, then this team can really start winning some games. And I don't even think they'd need to add a wide receiver, but they could. And I think that would lift this team's ceiling, but it's not going to make a difference if they don't get some of these issues squared away. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Uh, I'm looking at UW Lacrosse's football Twitter account. Brian Gudikins was in lacrosse today. Speaking to the team. How did I not know about this? Grant, it's probably because you never played for UWL football and you don't know anyone on the team or on the staff. Okay, true, fair. Brian, if you're listening and you're driving back to Green Bay right now or... You're driving around lacrosse, seeing the sights. Thank you for enjoying WKTY, our lacrosse affiliate of the show. Call in. Can we ask you some questions about the upcoming trade deadline and your construction of this Packers team? Love to chat. 608-796-2558. Cone Roller has called in, or Corn Roller. He can be the lead-in to Goody. Your, your Goody's lead-in. He's going to call after you. We're going to manifest it, Cone. Great. Goody, if you're listening, I'm seeing that Chase Claypool is available for a second-round pick. Pull the trigger. <laughs> Do it. Hey, is it concerning that Denver and Pittsburgh want to trade Claypool and Jerry Judy? Because those would be players, you want to lock those players up. They, they were your draft picks. They're good. Isn't it a little bit of a red flag if Pittsburgh calls me and tries to sell me Chase Claypool? Why do they want to get rid of him? Well, I at least from what I've seen, I'm, um, I think Pittsburgh obviously is still really valuing Chase Claypool. And they necessarily don't want to trade them. Yeah. But, I mean, they're a bad team. They don't have the, a super bright future. But I think they're just looking to see kind of what the market is like for him. Sure. I don't think they're necessarily looking to trade him. And if he doesn't get traded, I don't see it being an issue going forward. Josh Hader type situation. We didn't take the call or we didn't make the call type of situation. They took calls but didn't make them. Is that kind of the Chase Claypool situation? Probably. Yeah, definitely. Did because you feel- I trust the Steelers organization yeah, to make I, a better I, decision than I, the Brewers. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Damn it. <laughs> that didn't. Why are we why did the Brewers have to come back up this week? I thought we put them to bed for the year. I mean, I, I love ripping them and talking about how poorly the season went, but I kind of thought we were done with them. I'm assuming that you called to say that the Packers should make a trade and disagree with what I was saying. Um, I just really thought when I saw the clay pool thing, like originally what I don't know how accurate these reports are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, it's every everyone and their mother has a has an NFL source these days. Yeah, of course. But um, from what I'm seeing, at least 
originally Steelers wanted like a Christian McCaffrey type haul for Claypool. And now they're just looking for a pick that is as earliest as possible okay. on the second day. So, okay. I mean, if it's just a second round pick, I would seriously consider trading for Claypool. Um, so I guess that's kind of my take. Look, Claypool or Elijah Moore or Jerry Judy, you're basically you're you're trading for one of these rookie wide receivers because you think that they're going to be a part of your future, right? The Packers would be getting Elijah Moore thinking, okay, he's going to fit in with Dobbs and Watson, and we're going to sign him to a deal that, you know, plays way out into the future past any of this mess that we have with our cap this year or next year. But then I, I just get a little concerned because the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Jets all have quarterbacks, whether Russ, who might be old and limited, or Zach Wilson, uh, uh, Kenny Pickett, you want young, talented wide receivers around these guys. So I guess I'm just a little leery of those teams trying to pawn off their young wide receivers. What do they know that, that we don't if they're wanting to trade these guys, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair fair critique. Um, the only thing I would say to that is, how dare you call Mr. Unlimited <laughs> limited? You can't be doing that. Dude, he sucks. He is the worst. He is, if if. Like, if what is true of what he was doing on the plane, I mean, what the heck? Like, but then you're all, he's also bragging about it. You just want to, you'd almost want to trip him if you're sitting in an aisle seat. He's doing high knees. Just stick your foot out. Oh, my God. I just think, I just think being an NFL quarterback for such a long time turns you weird. That's why I'm, I used to be anti-Brady. I'm not anti-Brady anymore because he's seemingly a normal guy. Like, yeah. He, he's getting divorced from Giselle, but people get divorced all the time. I, I don't think this is a big deal at all. Some of these other guys, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, I'm not going to say he's weird, but he's definitely a different cat. Mark Murphy said it first. And then Russell, Wil- what's going on with Russell Wilson? And I, I don't know, being a quarterback of an NFL team for a long time, it makes you weird. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the guys like Phil Rivers, Eli Manning. <laughs> I mean, Philip, ben Roethlisberger. Philip Rivers. Just, that, but. He just had a million kids for no reason. That was his response to being an NFL quarterback. Yeah. But do you have a prediction for Buffalo before I let you go, Cohen? What do you think about this weekend? Um, I am feeling very optimistic for some reason. Um, so I think the Packers lose but cover, and they carry this momentum and kind of rebuild the season and go from there. Uh, so this weekend is the spark that turns into the blaze of the 2022-2023 Packers season. Is that what you're saying? I could get behind that. All right. Yeah, um, maybe Rod- maybe Rodgers drops like a, a clever, you know, nickname for this the run he's about to go on or something. Uh, so we'll, we'll I like see. that. Let's speak that into existence. Thanks for the call, Cone. Have an awesome weekend. Yeah, you too, Grant. Always good vibes on a Friday show. Good vibes. Don't Never- miss Fridays. Yes. Never miss a Friday show. Thank you, Cohen. We got that in there. That's our punchline. Aaron Rodgers has got to come up with one this weekend. Relax. Maybe something related to Buffalo. Bills. Bills are due. I don't know. This is not something that you should do on live radio. This is something I do on the commercial break. Spitball ideas on a piece of paper. Not out in the world where people can hear them, Grant. Uh, yep, let's do that over the commercial break. Thank you for the call, Cohen. Yeah, I could, I could see it. I think the Packers are going to play their best game of the year this weekend. The problem is, it's against an opponent that's so good, and the opponent's off a bye, and the opponent's at home, that it might not matter, right? And the Packers' record has now reached a point, they're one game under 500, it could fall two games below 500. Their record is a point where now we can't have moral victories. You know what I mean? If the Packers would have won the last couple of games and they were 5-2, and two, okay, let's go into Buffalo, put together a really good performance, get a great experience for some of these young players, continue to step in the right direction, 
but maybe not assume a win. And we got to be okay with going to Buffalo to lose. Okay, you can take a moral victory from that, and now you're five and three, and you're going into an easier part of your schedule with Detroit. But now the Packers have dug themselves in a hole, and they're to the point where it's going to be tough to take a moral victory away from this weekend in a loss because they'll be three and five, and that's a really difficult hole to dig yourself out of. That's why everyone's so down on the Bucks now, two games below 500. Text here from Downtown Billy. Well, this is dark. It says they don't get weird, they get CTE. Okay. How many times are we going to say this? This is the weekend the Packers find the spark. I've been saying it since the Jets. Yeah, maybe. Vinny says, Vinny, sorry, computer glitched, said, missed yesterday. Any opinion on Greg Jennings' comments? Uh, Greg Jennings is a poor broadcaster. He seems like a nice man. I find it very interesting that Fox just digs him up whenever something happens with Aaron Rodgers to get his shots in. And also he's a poor broadcaster that communicates his thoughts poorly. Again, seems like a nice guy but communicates his thoughts poorly, really only serves one purpose. Whatever. I don't have anything against him other than that, though. Uh, point number two from Vinny. Along that thought process, how about the guys getting pissed for getting called out and missing a few op- uh, assignments on purpose, especially the way they feel if the season's lost? So you'd say people on the Packers were upset about what Rodgers said and they would intentionally make mistakes? Uh, a little bit of a stretch. If Sunday goes poorly, we can revisit that. And I mean really poorly. We can revisit that, but I don't think that's the case. Brett Lacrosse, 608-796-2558. Good day, Brett. Happy Friday. What's up? What's up, Grant? Not much. I'm a little I'm a little perturbed that Brian Gudikins is in lacrosse and I didn't know because I I don't know people when UWL football, but I well, okay, I know a couple and I'm and I'm thinking that maybe if I'd have known this, I could have sent a couple of texts and maybe not got him on the show. I, I don't know. I just feel like this was a missed opportunity as a sports radio host. Wait. Goody is here in town. Yeah, he's speaking to UWO football today, and I see it on Twitter. What an idiot. He should be out getting us a receiver. Well, that's the other thing I thought of. It's like, wait, the trade deadline's coming up? Big game in Buffalo. Yeah. Gonna, but I, and I, what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to go talk to my alma mater that uh, means nothing. I, I don't, hey, I don't think that's a fair criticism, and I will not criticize him for that, but some will. Some will. I will not. Well, some okay. will. Okay, if, if you want to talk to your alma mater, do it when you're not about to lose your entire season. No, that, that you really think that's what's going to happen? Well, okay, so this could go one of two ways. Uh, first off, I keep thinking forty-two to ten. Okay, that the Packers lose. Uh, Lazard is probably not playing. We we really don't have much else going besides Aaron Jones and uh, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. So so that's good. No, no Lazard. Uh, Not great. Let's hope. Let's hope Jair uh, can actually uh, defend this week, and he doesn't have a bad week. I mean, that doesn't normally happen to the guy. So hopefully, he's like dialed in. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I I have us coming within the spread, covering the that it was twelve and a half yesterday. So I have us covering the twelve and a half, uh, or getting within the twelve and a half. I'm hoping for a really good showing, but I, if it doesn't happen, uh, Goody's got to be gone. Goody's, Goody's got to be gone. Yep, look, he's a joke. Look, look, look! Two things that I have that I'm hanging up with Goody, and he's probably listening right now because he's in lacrosse, and there's no way he's coming to lacrosse without turning on Western Wisconsin sports leader WKTY. There's, there's he'd listen to Evo first. No, no, no. Well, Evo's not on right now, so that's that's not an issue. He's listening right now, Goody. Here's what I'll say. I only have two qualms with you. Number one, the 2020 draft was poor. 
Sometimes you have a poor draft. But the, the problem with that draft I have is so many Packers homers told me it's for the future. It's for the future. Well, the future is now. Okay. And that draft yeah. still sucks. We're not getting anything from that draft. So one qualm, Gudekinst again, who is listening. And my second qualm is at some point we needed to draft wide receivers in the last five years. Like at some point. Uh, uh, you mean the last 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we have wasted, <laughs> wasted Aaron Rodgers' entire career that, by that, helping that, him mm, zero. Mm, that, that I disagree with. That I, that I disagree with. No. Okay. Listen, the guy loves Kumro. What do we do the very next week? We get rid of Kumro. Kumro the guy stinks. loves Kumro anybody stinks. else, and they get rid of. But Aaron liked him. He I had don't dang care. good hands. He's he's not the Watsons of the world. Aaron Rodgers likes The Office. That doesn't mean we all stopped watching it three years ago and Ugh. went on Peacock. Like I, what nobody Rogers likes. Nobody likes the, the office. whims and the wishes of the quarterback are important, but not always important. My thing with Goody is for years now, just passed on all these opportunities to take wide receivers and Brett. Yep. What teams are succeeding right now in the NFL? It's teams that are making wide receiver additions. Dolphins drafted yep. Waddle, traded for Hill. They look awesome. The Raiders added Adams. That's helped. The team so, still stinks. So here, Eagles, A.J. Brown, Evo. Bills, Stephon Diggs. There's so many examples, and the Packers have done nothing with wide receiver. Yeah, and Evo brought it up this morning. Is is every other team, if they have an injury and something happens, 24 hours they're making deals. Yeah. Packers? Lazard gets hurt. Cobb gets hurt. You know what we're going to do? Oh, Toure's got some pretty good uh, skills on a okay. practice. Well, I, 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 I am kind of in on Toure. He looked pretty spry in that hook and ladder play at the end of the Washington game. I, I'm down for yeah, some Yeah, well, there's anybody could look pretty spry <laughs> at the end of that game. That's true. You could have been out there Zach and looked Tom spry. in the open field looking pretty quick with the ball in his hand. Look. Oh Goody, Goody, I goodness. think, has done a very, very good job. I think there's things that he's come up short on, but sometimes drafting is luck of the draw, right? 2020 well, was not luck of the draw. You took a running back and a tight end in the second and the third round that had no business going that high. That's not luck. I thought that was bad process, and we're feeling it right now because this is the year where those guys should really be coming into their own, and A.J. Dillon is known as the mayor of Door County with nothing to do on the football field, and Josiah DeGuara still stinks. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, can can we look at the fact that uh, everybody's trading, getting good receivers, getting dang a quarterback, mm. and they're they're getting rid of a third round pick. And Bill Michaels went through all the third round picks that we've had over the last five years. Not a single one of them. Deguara was the best third rounder that we had in the last five years. Jay Sternberger, that tell you something? Who? Jay Sternberger. Yeah. I know who he is. He's just he's, <laughs> he needs he good needs, lord. He needs his own team. He, that's that's what I love saying play about UWL NBA bus. right now. Yeah, no, he probably couldn't. That's what I love saying about NBA bus. Like Rashad Vaughn, My who just got goodness. drafted in the G League. He just hey, needs can his we, own team. Can we trade? Can we trade Jordan Love straight up for Zappy? Um, that yeah. would be good. Do you think they do it? You think the Patriots would do that? I mean, throw in a third round, or are we good? Uh, I think I need to take a break. Uh, I, I think I think we. Yeah, I think you we, take a break and think about it. But forty-two to ten, Bills win. Yeah, forty-two to ten. Have a good weekend, Brett. Thanks for the calls. Nice you too. Friend. Yeah, it's been a while. That's our guy, Brett Lacrosse. I feel like we both just exercised some demons there. And Brian Gudikins, again, thanks for listening to the show. It's really fun. You can stream. We don't have a Green Bay affiliate, uh, but go ahead, send me a text six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight, and I'll give you the streaming information. So then, when you get back to Green Bay, uh, you can listen. General manager, you need some leisure time too. Four to six every night. Great time for some leisure.
on your home commute from Lambeau. I don't know how far Goody lives from Lambeau, but it's got to be a little bit of a commute. Pop on the show every night. I think that's fair. Those are my two complaints about Gudikins. The 2020 draft and just not picking any wide receivers ever. And I don't mean to... I'm not that guy who's like, they never take them in the first round. Rogers never has first round wide. It doesn't have to be first rounders. It just, it needs to be a commitment to the position, a position that's really important in 2022, right? And I, I know I mentioned the Dolphins and the Raiders and the Eagles and the Bills who've all traded for big name wide receivers. I understand the Packers can't do that, but the Dolphins also drafted Jalen Waddell and the Raiders drafted, they drafted Henry Ruggs. I know he's not playing, but that's investment in the position. Eagles drafted Devonta Smith. The Bills drafted Gabriel Davis and others. Packers have not invested in weapons at all. It's not to say that that's why they're losing games this year. No one's playing well, and I don't think the offense fits the personnel, and Rodgers isn't fitting his head coach. But, again, I, I need to take a break. Holy smokes, it's 520, and we got to get to Tyler Dunn in a few minutes. It's chaos. It's chaos. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, Tyler Dunn, also known as Ty Dunn, also known as the Jim Croce loving, goateed, football writing son of a gun, who joins our show from time to time. That's what most people call him, his common name. <laughs> He's got a book out too that I'm actually really excited to talk to him about. It's called The Blood and Guts How Tight Ends Save Football. And he talked with Tony Gonzalez and Gronk and all these Ditka. Um, and it's just right up Tyler's alley. It's the type of thing he likes to talk about, and I'm really excited to talk about that with him. And, of course, Packers Bills, too, because he lives in upstate New York, and he once covered the Packers. Now he covers the Bills. He's got the Isaiah McKenzie show once a week, so he is the perfect guest for today. So many different things I want to hit with him coming up in a few minutes. Uh, first, the Peanut Gallery, 608-796-2558. Lou, <laughs> Lou from Madison, who... <laughs> Lou, I love you. I don't know if this is a bit or if you're real, but you only text in all caps, and I think it's the... I just need you to know that I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Like, I really get a kick out of this, and I'm going to read it in your voice. Lou from Windsor, the NFL and us, the Packers, are all suffering from the participation trophy era. (laughs) Um, yeah, 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 yes, yes, I agree. Damn straight. Cone Roller, follow-up text, says, You're so right about the Packers not getting any weapons. We did nothing to replace Jordy Cobb the first time, James Jones, or Devontae Adams. Never even replaced Jared Cook. That's the thing. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that the Packers should use every first-round pick ever on wide receivers because there's a lot of people that would tell you that. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown one touchdown to a first-round pick, and it's Mercedes Lewis. How embarrassing. Well, but he had Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and Jermichael Finley and all these other elite weapons. They don't have to be picked in the first round. Now, a lot of those really good wide receivers were picked in the second. They were picked high. That doesn't mean they have the label of first rounder, but they weren't sixth or seventh round picks, right? And the Packers, for the last five years coming up until this draft, didn't draft wide receivers in the second round. They took one guy in the third, and then they took five years ago, what, a fifth, sixth, seventh round Jamon Moore, Valdez Scantling. They took J.K. Scott before they took Valdez Scantling. It's the same with the, the Ravens. It's like the Ravens were so smart for getting Lamar Jackson. Man, the Ravens drafted Hayden Hurst before they took Lamar Jackson. So, yes, they were the team to pull the trigger on Lamar, but 
they were unsure like everyone else. Same with the Packers and MVS. Let's not give Goody too much credit. Again, Goody's probably listening because he's in the cross today. Love you, Goody. Fellow UWL Eagle. Go Packers. But let's not act like he identified MVS and needed to have him. He took a punter a couple of picks before he took MVS. Right? So, Colin, that's what I'm saying. They just, they've neglected that position. They've neglected the position. It's like uh, if you're a homeowner. You know what I mean? You're a homeowner. You neglect your house. You don't have it painted. You don't have the roof fixed when you need. You don't have the gutters flushed. I'm not saying that you need to spend millions of dollars to put a, a metal roof on. You don't need to have your house painted every year. You don't need to put seamless gutters on and have them replaced every. No, no, no. But you need some bare bones maintenance here. I'm not asking the world. Just a second round pick here, a third round pick here. Just a little bit. Just a little attention to a really important position. You don't need to trade up in the first round every year. You're not the Saints. That's not what I'm saying. But man, they just have not addressed that position. And we're really feeling it this year. Because this is when the 2020 draft, the 2021 draft, or the 2019 draft, this is when those wide receivers would be coming into their own. And they just weren't selected. So we're barren. We got nothing. Let's take a quick call here before we talk to Ty Dunn. 608-796-2558. Ed in Madison. Ed, you son of a gun. How are you today? Welcome. I'm awesome, Grant. I love your analogy tonight. You went from fishing last week with the Bucks. Now you're going homeowner on the Packers. Love it. You built on that fishing analogy last week, by the way, and I was blown away. I don't know if I told you on air, but what was it? (laughs) We're learning new water. We're exploring new spots. We're learning to fish. And then you come in and you're like, let me tag team. We got to avoid snags. So you, you're out of your building yeah. on analogies. Well done. I, I forgot. Yeah, hey, man, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, thanks, bro. <laughs> well, listen, um, cool, uh, I want to get props out to your buddy, uh, Gasper. Yeah. He's, he's a machine. Oh, yeah. He's doing you, great. You work out with Gasper. Is he, is he putting yeah, on size or is he getting great. soft? He's getting He's getting um, toned and sized. He's going to be a machine in about two months. Good for that guy. I miss that guy. Hey, man. So, yeah, the one thing, you know, I have a grievance with a lot of Packer fans, and um, Packer fans, you know, they want to say, oh, the Packers are going to win this Sunday. Yeah. I don't know if they really, a lot of Packer fans are saying that. I think we're all, we hopelessly are hoping. Yeah. Um, But it's kind of hopelessly to be hoping, because I'd rather be, I want to be a realist. And I'm not expecting a really a victory. I'm expecting something better than what we have because our house has been pretty neglected. Yeah. It's almost, yeah. we're not slumlords like the old Detroit Lions or or even, um, uh, let's think of another team um, that's really been struggling the over Jags, the years. The Texans. The Jags. There you go. You know, but I, I was thinking today, what has the Packers done notoriously? They neglected their whole line. When Favre was there, he was always getting knocked around. Now this year, it's the old. It's not just the old line; it's the wide receiver core. I don't know why. When you have a a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, why you wouldn't want to get him an outstanding? Well, we had an outstanding, but we let the outstanding go wide out. Um, and maybe we didn't really let him go. Maybe he just wanted to go because he's ha- he's probably happier. He's probably making more money on the side because, you know, he has all those TV commercials he's doing now. Yeah. And I don't think he did hardly any TV commercials when he was in, right at Green Bay. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe a dealership or two. But that being said, so let, I love your analogy, and I just think the Packers need to clean house and rebuild the foundation, and the foundation is the O-line. We're not going to have a running game, and we're not going to protect Aaron Rodgers. 
if we don't take care of that, that is the most glaring, I think, glaring problem with this team this year. Because the defense is doing okay. They make some stupid mistakes. I don't like the aggression. I don't like how aggressive they are. Aggressive less yeah. at times. But who am I? I'm not a coach. I didn't play pro or college. I just played high school. It's it's two different, three different universes difference. So for all these Packer fans that come in, they got all these great answers. They really don't. They just have to listen to Grant, and he'll lead the way. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. I wish we could talk a little longer, but I got to get to our guests. Yeah. Have an awesome weekend. I appreciate you. You too, bro. Take care. Yeah, that's our guy, Ed and Madison. Love. Yeah, he called last Friday too. I remember. Forgot about that. Uh, Jordan messages the show on Facebook and says, UWL practiced at the Don Hudson Center in Green Bay today, FYI. Damn it. <laughs> he's not in lacrosse. Well, who knows? Maybe he's listening on the stream at madcitysportszone.com. We have no way of knowing. Get him on the show one day. Get my fellow eagle, I swear. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Tyler Dunn. Go long, and he's got a new book out. We're going to talk about it all and Packers Bills. That's next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Uh, thank you to everyone that's reached out to correct me. Uh, Brian Gudikins is not in lacrosse today. That's not me. Sorry, the UWL football account tweeted a picture of him addressing the team. I didn't realize that the team was in Green Bay. We were going to try to mobilize and somehow get him to call into the show because I thought maybe he'd be listening. That's my bad. That's fine. I'm wrong all the time. Nothing new. <laughs> we're going to hear a little bit from Sammy Watkins to close the show. In just a little bit, Mike Clemens sent us some really good audio today. So we're going to hear from him, Packers Bills, this weekend. And here to talk about it with us is Tyler Dunn, who once covered the Packers. He's made the rounds at a couple different spots. Now does his own thing at Go Long. You should subscribe. It's great long-form work. Tyler, this is the perfect week for you to join the show because we got Packers Bills. You're out there in New York, and you got a new book. This is just everything coming together. This is the perfect time for us to connect. How have you been? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yep, just here in western New York. Um, man, it's it's not the Buffalo-Green Bay game that I think we all were expecting. You know, when the yeah. schedule came out, I think we were thinking, oh, a Super Bowl preview, and holy hell, there's a lot going on out there in Wisconsin, eh? I mean, we'll get uh. into it, but. Um, if, if you're going to get right, I, I guess beating arguably the best team in the league would, would go a long way toward that. Yeah. So they got that going for them. This is not what we're used to, Tyler. We're not we're, we're not cut out for this, Packers fans. We're losing our minds a little bit. But, yeah, like I said, we can talk about that in a couple minutes. I want to start with your book. Uh, it's called Blood and Guts. It's how tight ends save football, uh, which seems like it's the perfect project for you. I don't know you super well, but we've <laughs> talked a couple of times. I'm like, yep, that checks out. That seems like a book. I heard you on the Ringer Fantasy Pod this week, and Heifetz has been on this show. He comes on a couple of times uh, every year, so that made me laugh. And you said, and I quote, you traveled the country to seek the soul of the sport when you were writing this book. And I'm like, damn, you are a wordsmith, Tyler Dunn. That was awesome. I loved that. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I've always wanted to write a book. I really didn't know what the topic would be, Green Bay related, Buffalo related. I I just knew... um, you know, I've loved football, you know, since since I can remember anything on this planet. And uh, I was trying to think of a way to kind of get into that love, into that passion, and what better way than a position that demands you do a little bit of everything. You, you really do. I mean, you've got to 
you, you've got to do the dirty work. You've got to do the grunt work. You're doing the nine to five work where nobody really knows who you are or cares what you do, but you're also on third and eight catching that pass downfield, yeah. 80,000 screaming, right? It's a little bit of everything. So once I kind of had that in, it just seemed like a perfect opportunity to uh, hang out with Mike Dicka and Jeremy Shockey and Ben Coates and talk to Gronk and Kittle and all of these guys. They, you know, I, I cannot wait for people to read the book because they get to hear the crazy stories that I've been hearing for the last year. Yeah. But it, they really do have you staring in the mirror and kind of examining your own life and looking in your own soul in a way. Um, I, I think that their life stories alone kind of transcend football, to be honest. Was it a, a uh, was it a, a direct choice of yours to exclude Bubba Franks from this book? I don't see anything about Bubba Franks. Is there a reason you <laughs> left him out? That was my childhood. That's the first Packers tight end I can remember. <laughs> oh yeah, B- Bubba Franks. Well, we we have a ton on the U. I mean, really, it's Iowa or the U yeah. in terms of being like really the the home of, of bre- the breeding ground for the tight end position. And uh, I can see the argument for both. I mean, in in Miami, you've got. Jeremy Shockey in the eye of the storm, just yeah. starting up fights nonstop. I mean, the, the, the stories from yeah. Coral Gables are, are, are just amazing, where Jeremy Shockey is the source of energy for that team that really brought you back. He's getting into fights with Ed Reed. He's stirring it up. He's, you know, beating people up at the bars. Like, he, he just lived like there was no tomorrow, partied like there was no tomorrow. And then in Iowa, it, it's kind of a different extreme where everybody is just. You know, working at a, at a rate and an intensity level that's different than other campuses. I mean, Kirk Ferentz knew that he was operating in a flyover state, so he's got to kind of find talent and high school quarterbacks and move people around different positions. And, and that was Dallas Clark. I mean, Dallas Clark was more Rudy than Rudy himself, just buried on the depth chart at linebacker, mowing the field at Kinnick Stadium and selling the mm-hmm. campus newspaper and – my God, talk about trauma to, to, to lose his mom in his own arms in high school. I mean, he is the epitome of everything that that school strives to be. And I, I really do think, like, the tight end position chooses you, Grant. Like, I, I think that you've got a certain set of human characteristics, you know, an indomitable work ethic, um, just resiliency. Maybe you overcame something in your life. You're Ben Coates, you know, building roofs from age 7 to age 20 your dad's company and oh by the way your dad fought in world war ii like all, all of these people it's no accident that they became tight ends and were entrusted with saving the sport itself and yeah i, I do think it needs to be saved man i'm sure there's so many cool stories in this book i'm excited to read it i appreciate you sharing some of that stuff and, and giving us kind of a, a peek a sneak peek at what you wrote about i do want to talk packers because that's a team that you've had obviously plenty of experience covering i'll never forget that Mike McCarthy bombshell that you dropped a couple of years ago, and I dedicated three hours of my afternoon to separating all of the anecdotes into categories, preparing to talk about it on the radio, and it was just this project. And now, obviously, you're doing Go Long, and you cover all sorts of teams, but you hang out with Isaiah McKenzie, and, and you're with the Bills as well, and we can do the Bills in a minute, but why do you think the Packers are 3-4? and four? From from your vantage point, why do you think this team is under 500 through seven games? <laughs> Well, I, I just had the chuckle. You mentioned that story. I just had so many flashbacks to uh, <laughs> the, quarter, the, the, the quarterback, you know, sitting down with an ally there in Milwaukee. And then this week we hear that, hey, if you can't handle criticism, right, if you can't handle it, yeah. that's that's too bad. You know, the world can't handle criticism. When, society. I don't know, Aaron. I, 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 society. I, I don't, I, maybe you can't handle criticism from time to time. And 
you know, send Greg Jennings to the cornfield, ostracize him from the fan base. I don't know. Um, that, that's a topic for another day. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think there's a lot of issues, obviously, yeah. around the quarterback. I mean, the defense we thought was going to be elite. I sure did. I mean, I penciled this team into the Super Bowl ahead of the year. I, 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 all the first-round picks and just the, the pivot into trying to win a different type of game, I loved it. I, I thought it was smart. Like, you banged your head against the wall so many times in January, try, trying to win shootouts, and, okay, Devontae Adams doesn't want to play for Green Bay anymore. Fine. Like, don't don't chase wide receivers. You know, add a linebacker. Add a D-tackle straight from Georgia. It made so much sense. It, it really, really did. But the defense has not taken that step. Uh, the line, the offensive line is not as great as it was last year. And whether it's on the head coach or the quarterback, that's up for debate. But for Aaron Jones to only get eight carries in the game, nine carries in the game, I mean, he's your best player, and to just not even use him is a crime that should be outlawed in Brown County. It, it, it just boggles the mind that he does not get the ball more. So. Uh, it, but it comes back to the quarterback. I'm sorry. I mean, you gave him $150 million guaranteed. You went all in, right? Hey, we, we talked about it. I think, Grant, like, I, I really think that Green Bay had a golden opportunity to trade an MVP mm-hmm. for literally anything you want. Yeah. Several first-round picks, players. What, like, name your price. Look at how great Seattle's set up right now, trading Russell Wilson. They didn't. I, I get that argument, too. The trade MVP, it might look crazy, and you want to try to take advantage of a Super Bowl window if you have it, um, but, not, but now you're seeing the inevitable decline in arm strength and in mobility and athleticism. It happens to everybody this side of Tom Brady, and they could be in salary cap hell very, very soon. So Ugh. not to get too apocalyptic, but it, it could get bad really fast. Here. Oh, we've, we've reached apocalyptic, and we're three and four, Tyler. The, like I said, this fan base is not equipped to handle losing. We're, we're not used to this. I mean, we're, we're one game under 500, and, and we got different members of Packers Twitter going at each other, and it's just it's, it's, it's a lot. We need, I think, take some deep breaths. Like I said, this fan base is going through something that they haven't gone through uh, for the first time in a while. Meanwhile, the Bills... They look like a wagon. They're a bust. They're the prohibited favorite. It seems like that team is just waiting for the playoffs, but that's a dangerous mindset to have, right? Like, how are the Bills navigating this regular season when, at least up until this point, they've looked far and away as good as anyone else and better. They beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead two weeks ago. What's up with the Bills? How do they navigate this regular season when they're so clearly the best team? That's the thing. I don't really think it's as much about anything that happens in September or October or November or even December for the Buffalo Bills, which is crazy because, I mean, they didn't make the playoffs for 17 years. A whole generation of fans don't even know what it's like for the team to be in the playoffs. And here we are talking about them, you know, kind of being an automatic playoff team, automatic division winner, thinking Super Bowl. But it's true. I mean, they've been knocking at the door here for a few years now. Um, 13 seconds was 13 seconds, just uh, an unmitigated disaster yeah. from the sideline to not close that game out. So, yeah, it's really not about anything that happens in the regular season. It's about the Super Bowl. It's about getting over the hump. It, th- this team really reminds me of the 96 Packers. I mean, the 95 Packers, you know, they get to the NFC Championship game. They've got an MVP quarterback, and they went into 96 with so much hype. So it, it was Super Bowl or bust. I mean, Brett Favre used those words when he got out of rehab. Yes. That's what it feels like in Buffalo with Josh Allen and this team. Not that Josh Allen went to rehab. But, like, it feels like anything short of the Super Bowl will be a failure for this team. And I, I think that they've to this point, 
they've lived up to the hype like the 96 Packers did. It's, it's unbelievable that they've gone out and shellacked the teams that they should shellack, and you beat Kansas City in Kansas City, yeah. and the player that you signed in the offseason, Von mm-hmm. Miller, to be the difference is the one that closed down those three final Kansas City drives. I mean, he ended each drive with a pressure Patrick Mahomes. So it's hard to find a flaw on this team. But, right, I, you know what's crazy is everything says that Buffalo is just going to smack Green Bay around and it's not even going to be close. How many times have we seen a team like the Packers just find a way to win this game? When yeah. Everything tells you the opposite. It does happen. I mean, that's why you play. I think of 2010 when the Packers went into New England with Matt Flynn. And I, I guess there's there's not a lot of crossover, right? But the idea that they could go in and play a surprisingly really good game and maybe still even lose and take away some positives. But then again, that's going to be hard to do, Tyler, because they just lost three in a row. So it's there's not a lot of room for moral victories in the NFL to begin with. There's certainly not room for moral victories when you're already three and four and you just lost to three really bad teams in a row. Not really bad, but three subpar teams in a row. I just It's tough for the Packers to come out of this weekend feeling good there's very few outcomes where the Packers feel great about themselves next week they've really backed themselves into a corner yes and no I mean I do agree with you but the NFC is such a mess true I mean it, it there's so much just mediocrity everywhere you look and every I mean teams can talk themselves into being buyers or sellers outside of what Philly yeah. New York Dallas like Minnesota, that, that's it. I mean, everybody else is around 500. So even if they lose this game, but they, I think you want to see a little fight. I mean, this is a yeah. team in Green Bay that just has shown no will, Agreed. no fight, no, no heart, yep. um, nothing. I mean, if they, they look like a team that is, they're playing like they speak at the podium, specifically the quarterback, to, to stand there and, I'm kind of like tiss tiss Jair Alexander for saying, yeah, I'll be worried if we lose to the Jets. I feel like that's what the team needs. A little urgency, a little panic, instead of everything will be okay. We're yeah. going to manifest victories. We're going to speak positively. Like at some point, you got to get angry. You got to get mad. And if they play with a little urgency, if they play mad, I think that'd be up. That'd be an upgrade. Honestly, I mean, yeah. even if they lose, if they show some dang fight, um, there's still time to salvage the season. It's a good point. I mean, they'd be three and five, and in an NFC that's very weak, they'd still have time to get back into it. But it starts with some sort of good outcome, whether they win outright. Obviously, that'd be great, but just showing some fight and some edge this weekend that maybe we haven't seen over the last month. Tyler, before I let you go, I, I got to tell you, last time I asked you about Jim Croce, and we talked about him for a couple minutes because I know you love Jim. Uh, I'll have you know <laughs> that I have listened to an unreasonable amount of Gordon Lightfoot this week. So I, I'm, I'm thinking along the lines that you think. I have very much enjoyed my Gordon Lightfoot trip this week, and I figure that's an artist that's somewhat in that category, so I had to share that with you. I love it. I had no clue what the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald was until the great Bob McGinn educated me straight from oh. his kitchen in Ashwaubenon, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I had no clue. I mean, we did our podcast back at the Journal Sentinel, and mm-hmm. we, we would take turns, like intros with songs, and he played that song, and man, Wisconsin let me hear it that I didn't even know what that was. So, um, yeah, as Bob said, the haunting lyrics of The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, just an epic classic of a song that uh, has some, you know, a sad backstory that we all should know about, and thank- thankfully I do now. So <laughs> thank you to all your listeners for letting me know. Bob McGinn seems like the type to lecture someone about not knowing something like that. I've never met Bob, but he seems like the type 
to let you know about it. Like, oh, you, you got to know. That's funny, Tyler. Well, we appreciate you, and it was really great to hear about your book. Thank you for giving us a little taste. I'm certainly, I'm probably going to listen to it. I do a lot of driving on weekends, so I'm going to have to listen to it, an audiobook and all these great stories. I can't wait. And we look forward to Packers Bills. Thank you so much, Tyler. I appreciate your time. Hey, thank, thank you, Grant. Hey, that's a great option, right? I mean, we, we're all on the run all the time, and yeah. uh, the audio book, you get to hear uh, a voice other than the one you're listening to right now. So that, that's a huge bonus. Is <laughs> yeah. The narrator we chose is very blood and gutsy. I think people will like him. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Have an awesome weekend, Tyler. Thanks again. You too, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's Tyler Dunn, our guy. Love that guy. That's class. Of course, Bob McGinn. Let him hear it about that. We have to have Tyler back on for our commemorative show in a couple of weeks, where we, of course, will listen to that song. We should get Bob McGinn. <laughs> Bob, tell us about the wreck. Now, who's better, Rogers or Favre? Late on us. Let's take a break. We'll get an update from Mike Clements. Come back with some Buffett. Fins up. It's Friday, and we'll have some closing thoughts on Packers Bills coming up next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers head to Buffalo to play the Bills on Sunday night football. Game time, 7-20. Buffalo is 5-1. and one. The Packers, 3-4, and four, having lost their last three in a row. Bills linebacker, Vaughn Miller. You know, I don't think records are, are, are clear indicators of what type of team this is. They got Aaron Rodgers over there. The defense is still playing stout, and it's going to be a tough game. You know, there are no easy games in the NFL, and it's an honor and a privilege to go against the best, and we're going to have to put our, our best foot forward to, you know, come out with a, with a Bills win on Sunday. Matt LaFleur asked how much Miller has helped the Bills improve defensively. You better know where he is because he can wreck a game in a hurry, and it's not just him. I, this defense plays so well together. One of the better, if not the best, team in the league at just reacting and running to the ball and maintaining leverage and game tackling. Very few missed tackles. That's the starting point for a great defense. Packers linebacker Rashawn Gary has been going through the concussion protocol. Preston Smith talked about having to stop Bill's running back, Devin Singletary, and quarterback Josh Allen, who actually leads the team in rushing with 257 yards. We just can't allow it to get to the next level, especially now Josh. And we got to make sure that we, we're sound in the run game and we, we, we uh, dominate our gaps and that we don't allow them to have any running lanes and any seams to, you know, get any positive yards. Aaron Rodgers on heading into the game as 10.5-point underdogs. To be a double-digit underdog is a different spot for us. I hope we embrace that role because it's probably not going to be like this for a while. Bills quarterback Josh Allen, who played in that golf tournament, the match this summer with Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, again, he's he's Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of the best, if not the best quarterback to ever play the game, and um, I think we understand that. All we can focus on, though, is putting our best foot forward in practice, developing a game plan, and going out and trying to execute Sunday night. That's Bills quarterback Josh Allen. From Lambeau Field, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Appreciate you and your work. Watching the Sunday. Fins up. It is Friday. Eric on I-90, I see you calling. Eric, I I got a minute. I can't do you justice. I, I don't have enough time to give you an honest-to-God's call. I'm sorry. I'll talk to you Monday. Have an outstanding weekend, buddy. I hope you get down to the district. I see the phone ringing. I'm not going to pick it up. I just know I'm thinking about you. Have an outstanding weekend. Fins up. It is Friday. Final thoughts on Packers-Bills. 
I think the Packers will come out in the first quarter and really look good, really have an edge, really look as good as they have probably all season. What happens after that first quarter, the first quarter and a half? I don't know. I don't know what this team. I don't know if they have the mental fortitude to stick in there for four quarters. Even if they lose by 10 points, can they keep it close for four quarters? Can they hold on to the rope for the whole game? That's what I'm looking for. Can you hold on to the rope for four quarters and give me an honest college try? You do that, it's a step in the right direction. We'll deal with three and five. Now, if you went outright, oh, oh, Vikings fans, I'm going to give it to you on Monday. If we get blown out, uh, the sky might be falling. We might start the show with Bucks on Monday. <laughs> Have an awesome weekend. I'll talk to you Monday at four. Like How we got here.